Welcome to Ghostly. Is there paranormal activity happening at Skinwalker Ranch? Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week. In each episode, we take a ghost story or paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is real. And my job is to debate those pieces of evidence and get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. And as always, we're your host. I'm Pat. And I'm Rebecca. What's been going on, Rebecca? Uh, you know, just getting ready for the holiday season. Yes. And I, I, you know, maybe we should take this time again to remind everyone that there will be no new episodes in December. We will be coming back on January 5th, I believe it is. And uh, that will be the next episode of Ghostly. Yeah, we're very excited um, to have a, a month to kind of just decompress a little bit. Um, but honestly, it's it's going to still be a busy ghostly month, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, definitely. Because we have C2E2 on December 12th. And then we have Ghostly Presents An Evening with Nightshade, where we are going to be uh, watching some of the Memoriam Development's Nightshade uh, short films. And we are going to be talking with the directors and actors and writers and yeah. all that fun stuff over at Ghoulish Mortals, one of our favorite new places to hang out. Absolutely. And that's December 16th. Yes. And yeah. that, that's in the evening at 7 o'clock. Yeah. So Thursday, a Thursday night is going to be super fun. And the reason that we picked December to do this is because one of our favorite Nightshade films... We're going to announce this year mm-hmm. is uh, the Kringling. Yeah, the Kringling. And so it's Christmas themed horror. It's fantastic. Well, written by Ghostly's own Nick Mataragas. Right. Every, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Favorite guest. Uh, favorite skeptic. Favorite skeptic. Yes. Yeah. The uh, only other skeptic that's been on Ghostly. That's true. He is. Yeah. He's the only one. That we know of. That we know of. That's, yeah. That, yeah. Uh, but it's going to be super fun. And uh, Ghoulish Mortals is an amazing store. Uh, and Yeah, they're horror themed. So, yeah. I mean, what could go wrong there? Everything good. Just everything mm-hmm. horror and Christmas all in one. It's going to be super fun. Uh, St. Charles, Illinois. So if you are in the Chicagoland area, put it on your calendar as a Christmas event, fun Christmas night miracle. out, Christmas miracle, whatever you want to say. Uh, you know, but here's the thing. I mean, I'm a little short on money. So how much does it cost? Uh, it costs nothing. What? Yeah, totally free. Free night out. Can I bring food? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and we're gonna have some appetizers. Yeah, for we'll you we'll try to have a few things there, and yeah. yeah, you can bring your own stuff and just hang out and watch some some short films and hear about the people that from the people that made them, and um, enjoy. So Oreo has come out with a Oreo thin cookie with double the stuffing. Oh. So it's basically just an Oreo cookie, right? I mean. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I suppose that those people that like the the, the stuffing, they yeah. probably would like that. I am not that person. What? Oreos, they, okay. So it's been annoying. I've noticed a trend over the last, you know, 10 years or whatever, where almost every Oreo is like a double stuff Oreo. I yeah. mean, that's like normal. Now, normal Oreo is like double stuff Oreo. And yeah. I, I like the stuffing, but. I like a ratio. I could live off the stuffing. I it is not. I'm not that person. Oh, I I like a balance. 
Rebecca. I don't. I don't know if we can debate this. Now we're getting into crunchy I peanut butter territory. I can get along territory. with. Yeah, I can get along with <laughs> talking about ghosts and you. You're a believer, and I'm a skeptic. But if you are doubting the stuffing in the Oreos, I don't know if we can. Maybe we need Katie from Attack of the Snack. On yeah, we do to help yeah. us debate this. Yeah, I know well, she listens. So Katie, yeah. uh, if you we would like ghostly. <laughs> <laughs> on Attack of the Snack mm-hmm. to talk about uh, Oreos as a snack. Uh, we would love to do that. Yeah. And speaking of which, uh, actually it has nothing to do with that, but we do have a shout out. <laughs> we do have a shout out. Uh, there are two ways to get a shout out on Ghostly. The first way is to give us a review on Apple Podcast. You know, we always prefer those five-star reviews, but we will read any and all reviews that we receive. And the second way is to either buy us a coffee on buymeacoffee.com slash ghostlypodcast or just do what the cool kids do and go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on the buy us a coffee button. Yeah. All right. So this uh, this episode, we have a review. Yes. Uh, all right. It says, let's go with two exclamation marks. I'm loving the excitement. Wow. Uh, from Air Force John. Wow. How, uh, many, how many stars is this review? Five stars. Five star. Whoa. So we appreciate that. Those are always our favorite to read. Um, this is a great concept for a podcast, and it is executed flawlessly. Ooh. I don't this know is, about flawless. Yeah, this seems yeah. like, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, this is definitely a podcast I wish was every week, but you are both good enough that I forgive you. Ha ha. Mm-hmm. I'm almost cut up now and I'm not happy about it. Keep up the great work and looking forward to the next episode. Well, coming in January, there may be a way for you to listen to us on a weekly basis. I mean, we're not going to announce anything yet. But yeah, we're not announcing anything yet but until just January. Stay so tuned. Stay tuned for more. So slap us with some of that listener mail that Woo-hoo, you got. All right. So, Spill the tea, Rebecca. <laughs> absolutely. Now, this is interesting. Uh, again, we've got another um, snail mail. So thank snail you mail. so much. This is uh, Dennis Dahl. Love him. Uh, he's been a, a frequent, um, you know, sender of things, and and we really appreciate that. And we appreciate the snail mail. Um, he typed this, so thank you, my eyes. Thank you for that. Um, so this is a true and accurate accounting of Glen Sloan Cottage. Ooh. In 1983, I was stationed on the USS Huntley, or sorry, Hunley AS-31, ported in Dunoon, Scotland, on the Holy Loch. Oh, there's just a lot of words there. There's a lot of words there, and I apologize. I can't do a Scottish accent, but uh, we'll just go with it. Uh, I had been aboard ship for six months when I had the opportunity to move off ship. Some friends I knew were shipped shipping out and had a cottage that was going to be vacant. It was on an old sheep farm. The lands were rented out, but the cottage was available. The Duke of Argyle was the landlord. Like, when Ooh. did this take place? Like, this is 83. Duke of Argyle. Um, the, <laughs> the cottage was made of field stone, whitewashed, and looked very cozy, just as you would imagine a Scottish cottage would look like. It was built in 1598. Wow. And the only heat was coal fireplaces in each room. There were three bedrooms, two upstairs and one downstairs. There was a small kitchen, living room, and a bathroom to round out the living space. To access the cottage, you had to drive up, open the gate, drive through, close the gate. You don't want the farmer's sheep to get out. Then drive a quarter mile up the two-rut driveway to the cottage. It was beautiful and scenic and most of all, quiet. The perfect getaway from a noisy ship. When the guys were showing us around, they said that there was a ghost in the cottage, but other than making some noise, it seemed harmless. 
My friends and I thought this was going to be fun. What did we know? 19 years old and away from home for the first time. My two roommates were both friends of mine from my division on the ship. I'll call one Ed, not his real name, and Steve, not his real name. We moved in, which did so not... It's, so it's Ted and Beeb. <laughs> we moved in, which did not take long, one sea bag each. Thankfully, the place came furnished. The cottage didn't have closets, but each bedroom had a huge bur- bureau for hanging clothes. The one in my room was made in 1774. It was older than our country, and they still use it. I don't know why I added that. Hashtag pet facts. <laughs> mm-hmm. I am fascinated by that. I mean, to live in a place that is made in the... I mean, 1500s and you're wow. using a piece of furniture from the like 1700s. I, I, I can't even imagine that. It's crazy. Ed, my roommate, bought a stereo and we set that up and his folks sent over his record collection. Yes, I'm old. Everything was set and we were going to have a housewarming party that weekend with some people we met at the local pub. The night before the party, we were sitting in the living room and we could hear people running up on the second floor. All three of us were there, so we went up to check it out. No one was upstairs, but all the bedroom doors were open. With the coal heat in the fireplace, it kept the room warmer if you kept your door shut. We chalked it up to the ghost and closed our doors. We were back downstairs listening to music, George Thorogood, uh, and the footsteps sounded again a short time later. Once again, we went upstairs and nothing but the bedroom doors were open again. If you've ever lived in a house where carpeting was added later and the bottom of the doors were not trimmed, you would know that the doors Mm. do not open easily. No. Also, there was fresh coal put in the fireplaces. This is a very helpful ghost. I know a lot of times in like like the UK and stuff, they use peat peat moss. Oh. For their fires and stuff too. He mentions coal, coal, but yeah. Wow. This be- well, this was in the 80s, I guess. I don't know. Um, this became a regular occurrence and we pretty much ignored it. I mean, right? Like, I mean, I guess it's opening the doors, but if it's stocking up your fireplace. Uh, skip forward a month. Ed had taken an opportunity to work shore patrol on nights, so we only saw him on weekends. Steve and I were on different duty shifts, so two nights out of the four, he was gone. On those nights, it was just me and the ghost. At first, it was fine. Then some odd things began to happen. I had finished supper supper, and was going to bed and the front door slammed hard. Ed was working and Steve had duty. We were far enough off the road where it wouldn't be a motorist broke down. I thought it might be the farmer needing something. I went down to the living room and to the kitchen where the door was and there was nothing there but the faucet was going. I went outside, but no one was there. That had never happened before. Next morning was Saturday. I got up early to stoke all the fireplaces with coal. Before I I could do that, there was a knock at the door. It was the farmer. He said that the gate was open and could I go down and shut it. I told him no problem and walked straight off. I didn't want to be responsible for any lost sheep. Neither Ed nor Steve were home yet. I walked down to the gate, closed it, and went back to the cottage to stoke the fires. When I arrived at the cottage, the door was wide open. I went inside and could hear the running steps upstairs. The faucet was on and there was a dead bird on the counter on top of the kitchen or countertop of the kitchen. The stereo was also on and George Thorogood was on again. The Mm. album was not uh, was not out when I left, like not even like on it was not even out. Wow. Needless to say, I was freaked out. <laughs> I stoked the fireplaces downstairs and went upstairs. Both doors were open and there was fresh coal in the fireplaces. There, okay, <laughs> this is the handiest ghost. I closed the doors 
and went downstairs to turn off the music and put away the record. I felt very uncomfortable, so I decided to go for a walk. Understandable. I walked down into town about a mile away and had breakfast and came back. Ed and Steve were there, and Ed asked me why I would leave and leave the stereo on. He said when he came in, George Thurgood was on and the volume was turned up. I told him about my morning, and he said he has had similar experiences during the day. When we went to pay the rent the next week, we asked about the cottage and we found out back in the early 1700s, the farmer who rented the land had just been notified that he was being kicked out. It was winter and he had no place to take him and his two children. Apparently, he snapped and took an axe to his wife and then chased the kids upstairs and killed them. But when it was found out, he was hung on the property by his wife's family. After that, we all agreed we were going to move out (laughs) at the end of the month. Mm. Things started getting worse, and I left after two weeks. Constant banging door slamming and that constant running footsteps. I dreaded going there. After I left, my two friends were back on the ship the next week. I took my wife to Scotland 20 years later, and we stopped at the local pub. I was pretty sure I knew how to get there, but I asked directions. We found it after a bit and drove up the drive. There were two men in their mid-20s building a house on the property about 400 feet from the cottage. We stopped and talked to them. I asked them why they didn't just use the cottage. They said they would not step foot in there because it was haunted. My wife's jaw dropped. She thought I had made up the story. As a side note, on the same property, on a small hill, nine witches were burned at the stake. This was back in the 1600s. No grass grows on that hill to this day. Well, Pat and Rebecca, I hope you found this interesting. I enjoy your podcast immensely and look forward to each episode. Best regards, Dennis Dahl. Well, thank you, Dennis. We we actually really enjoyed your letter, too. So that was fantastic. That. Yeah. Yeah. I love the little pet fact in there, too. That, <laughs> that, that's awesome. That was great. Thank yeah. you. Well, you know what? Since it was such a good mail, um, I don't think we should do the polls this week. I don't know why you don't want to do the polls. I, I like, come on. I have PTSD from the previous polls. <laughs> well, you know, we're getting we're getting back uh, back <sighs> into our schedule here. All we got right. a we got an episode previous episode we got to check out here. All right, all right. So, in our last episode, we talked about President Polk. We did, yes. We did. I remember that. Yes, you remember that? Um, okay, here we go. Uh, okay. Yes, 18.2%. Yeah, 80 what? And no, 81.8%. You won what? by a lot. What? Why? How? I don't know. The skeptics uh, came out. People wow. believe My skeptic bros? I guess. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. What was the overall rating? The overall rating, it was a three. Yeah, the people did not find uh, those uh, stories credible. Yeah, well, there's no way I'm going to win this one. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's going to, you know what? I think we should put it out here. I don't know what's going to happen with this episode. I don't know either. I don't I know mean, where either of us is going to look. Land. I mean, a lot of times we kind of tease that I might walk out of here a believer, right? Mm-hmm. But this actually, I may because. So the thing that a lot of people don't know is that yes, I am a skeptic when it comes to ghosts, and Rebecca is a believer. But when it comes to UFOs, I am a big time believer in UFOs, and Rebecca is a. Hardcore skeptic. I, I mean, hardcore might be a bit extreme, but 
I'm it's yeah I'm I'm a, I'm a lot more doubtful about some of this stuff wow. than you are. How? So I mean, do I think there's life out in the universe? Of course, statistically very very likely. Do I think that they're coming here and, you know, yeah, I don't know about that. Well, I I mean, we're going to find out in this episode. I mean, there's a lot to talk about. It it's yeah. So, I think this may be the biggest episode of Ghostly's history and in, in our three year history, I think this might be the top. It could be. There's so much going on here. There is definitely. Uh, it is a story that we wouldn't usually cover because it's not just a paranormal story. Uh, Skinwalker Ranch has plenty of paranormal, but it also has some ancient legends and some UFO stuff going on. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of things happening, tons of stuff there. Uh, a good friend of mine and the podcast, Justin, requested this episode a while ago, and I only knew this place for its UFO sightings. I didn't know anything else. But when we looked into it, it's got so much more than just UFO stuff. So much so that we felt that we couldn't just do it ourselves. We couldn't just tackle it alone. We needed to call in an expert for this one. Definitely. But we needed an expert that knows about the paranormal and cryptids. Mm-hmm. So where are we going to find somebody like that, right? Oh, well. So it just so happens that we know of one of these such experts. Uh, I at least call him an expert. He never calls himself an no, expert. No, but he is. He is, and he knows everything. Uh, we are referring to Jack Chavez. Uh, he, The man truly knows everything about anything. <laughs> Well, at least when it comes to paranormal and, and cryptids, I mean, none of us know everything about everything. I would trust him to do like trigonometry. Uh, okay, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he knows I mean, I don't everything. know that he doesn't know how to do trigonometry, but. What are you saying? That he doesn't? I don't know. <laughs> uh, so we called him up and asked him for opinions, and we never expected this interview to be so long. Um but it was just so fascinating that we couldn't stop talking to him. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you, Jack. And here's what Jack had to say. All right. Uh, welcome back to Ghostly, Jack Chavez. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. So we have a really big episode here. And uh, this is one of those episodes that we've never done one like this where it crosses over on all the different forms of paranormal, or I don't even know the word for it, but um, supernatural, maybe. Yeah, uh, that's maybe a good word. Yeah, where we where it's got UFOs, it's got cryptids, it's got it's got everything. It's got paranormal. It's got everything. So we needed you for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think the term that you're looking for is high strangeness. Ooh, high strangeness. there it nice. is. Nice. Yeah, it's it's a term that was popularized by uh, John A. Keel, who Ooh. wrote the Mothman Prophecies. Oh, okay. bye. Um, yeah, and what the term <laughs> means is a phenomenon that, that's taking place that incorporates various aspects of the paranormal. Ah. Um, so... You know, the events that took place in uh, Point Pleasant, West Virginia with the Mothman and UFO sightings and poltergeist activity, that would be considered high strangeness, as well as what took place on a Skinwalker Ranch. Okay. So are are there a lot of cases like this where it incorporates a lot of the different fields? 
it's rare it's, it's rare. really okay. rare um i would say uh you know point pleasant and skinwalker ranch are the two most famous ones but you do come across here and there um you know uh cases like this uh there used to be a blogger online uh he kind of stopped writing that i was in communication with and what he talked about is his block um back when he was a child um this was in uh, i believe this was in northwestern uh illinois oh where he, he talked about his black um experiencing poltergeist activity ufo sightings um uh, you know strange shadows in the block and people um all his neighbors would experience it but you know again it's a case that never became went public and never became famous interesting but yeah it had a lot of this confluence of strangeness yeah. <laughs> do you have any theories of why there would be so much stuff going on in these particular places uh, you know it, it sounds so cliche to say in the paranormal but really the only thing i could possibly think of is is you know a, a gateway a portal perhaps portal okay yeah you know and i i really don't like using those terms because it, it does sound so science fiction and and, yeah. and a cop out but i i i'm not sure i, I can't think of anything else really it makes yeah. you think of like stargate or something like that yeah, yeah. and yeah. you know we have that example in the uh, skinwalker ranch where um, the Gorman family, um, they would they would see this orange structure in the sky. And Tom Gorman, the father, he estimated that the structure was a mile away in the sky. Um, and, it, you know, when he was asked to describe it, he said, well, it's hard to describe because it always changes depending on the angle you were looking at. But basically, it would be around during nighttime and it the structure looked like it was some sort of it looked like he was viewing another land and it was daylight in that land while wow. it was nighttime while it was nighttime you know on the ranch but it looked like it was daylight and he said that you know uh him and his family would see you know blue sky on the other side and at one point he said that he was he was looking at it because it would happen frequently and he was looking at it and he saw a a some sort of black flying vehicle mm. um, go through uh this the structure and then um it would exit it and then enter it so he was convinced that he was probably looking at some parallel reality wow interesting well i know um you know, we've been watching the TV show that's been on about Skinwalker Ranch on uh, mm -hmm. on the History Channel. You know, which can be a little bit, you know, but uh, yeah. but I what I, what it what interested me about what you said was a mile up, yeah, because they did some research and found like high levels of they just said to be generic gamma radiation, and they estimated it mm -hmm. to be about a mile up. You know, so that's yeah. kind of interesting oh. that that, you know, different people at different times have found strangeness yeah. <laughs> up right. above the ranch. Oh, uh, that, that is really interesting. Yeah. And they, they also talked about either like portal or like almost like a wormhole yeah. situation. Well, what was really yeah. interesting to me, though, is that the gamma rays increased the further 
you got above Earth. So it wasn't coming from the Earth. Yeah. It was coming from oh, somewhere up in the sky. Else. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, do you, so are you familiar with Native American culture and the yeah. skinwalker concept? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Can, Go you, ahead, I'm sorry. can you tell us what, what you would say a skinwalker is? Yeah. So, a skinwalker is, um, it is a powerful witch that's able to transform uh, itself into an animal. Um, now, there's, you know, different, there's kind of different ideas about how this happens. Um, some believe that it was um, a a medicine man that became too powerful, and inevitably, when you be, when you gain acquire a certain level of power, um, you kind of, for lack of a better term, t- turn to the dark side. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Get corrupted, right? Are you sure yes. this isn't Skywalker right, exactly. Ranch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's prominent in uh, many many Native American uh, peoples. Um, the idea of the Skinwalker, um, but there's also it's important to note that it's also believed that. A powerful witch is not necessarily malevolence. Uh, there are, you know, a good uh, medicine men that are able to, you know, transform into birds mm, and, okay. and such. But, but you know, the idea of the the idea that we have of the of the skinwalker being uh, malevolent, um, I don't want to make it seem like it is a modern belief because it really isn't. Because many um, Native American peoples um, do have a belief that the skinwalker is is malevolence. I just want to say that, yeah, there are powerful medicine men that could also transform. But um, yeah, the the skinwalker, uh, the the Ute people that were that lived near the Gorman Ranch. They did believe that a skinwalker was has been in the area for generations, mm. and um, you know when you combine the skinwalker sightings of skinwalker beliefs in that area with the other phenomena, it kind of makes you think that when you reach that level of power um, as a medicine man, you're able to transform. Do you also? attract other phenomena you know um, sure you know whatever ufos are are you attracting them as well you know what if ufos are not just nuts and bolts machines what if they are you know um these energy plasmas like like many believe um like uh, Jacques Vallée you know the scientist who worked for NASA and studied ufos um by the way, he's going to be in the next episode of Coast to Coast on Sunday. Oh, wow. Ooh, all right. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so, you know, Jack's That's a good one to check out for sure. Yeah. Thinks that they are some sort of, uh, you know, psionic power, that they're some sort of plasma, plasmic energy. So, you know, do skinwalkers attract these things? Are they able to open, you know, not just transform themselves, but open doorways to other realities? Um and not close them and is that why poltergeist activity happens as well you know yeah because i will say i was surprised um to to read about you know people um you hearing footsteps 
or you know what I mean? Kind of having that feeling of being watched and some of those kind of poltergeisty things uh, that, you know, could be, again, kind of weird energy can make people feel that way. It doesn't always have to be like a ghost. Um, You know, it's not a ghostly Mm -hmm. uh, explanation. Sorry, I like to. I'm I'm just glad that there's no women in white in this story. Uh, Not that I have uh, heard about. Yeah, no, but... <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I think that is kind of interesting that there's, I, I that is such an interesting idea to think of um, UFOs as like a, like an energy source right? or, you know, generating mm. thing as opposed to like a, a physical, like made of metal, like you said, nuts and bolts object. Yeah. That is, that is, yeah. Okay. It, Wait, well, it's one, go, oh, ahead. go ahead, Jack. I'm sorry. You know, it's one of those things that you really, it, it's, it's hard to know, right? Because uh, UFOs have been known to transform. They've been known to um, to grow in size, and but also they've there's witnesses that have seen them land and have been able to touch them and say that they look they feel metallic. Yeah, so it's like, that's you true. Know, it, what if it's some sort of metallic technology that's able to, you know, bend and morph? So I don't know. Well, the one thing that I've been thinking about recently, and I am a UFO believer, un- unlike Rebecca, she's the skeptic. I am a bit that. more oh, really? skeptical. That's why yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, like I could maybe buy like a energy source or something. Yeah. But, but so I am more of a believer. <laughs> but what I noticed is uh, as the years have gone by, our vision of what these UFOs look like have um, have definitely uh, expanded. So, like back in the seventies, they looked like something out of the seventies, and out of the eighties, right. they looked like something out of the eighties. It's like as time goes by, it's more it's more just like what we would interpret it as. Right. Yeah. Um, the psychologist Carl Jung. Yeah, um, he talks about this. He talks about how it seems like um, UFOs change uh, depending on uh, perspective. It changes from mm. um, uh, time period to time period, from culture to culture. You know, it's uh, he also believed that uh, UFOs are a combination of, you know, our own um, psychic stimuli combined with external forces, and that that creates a mandala, that creates an archetype. And that archetype is what we see as a UFO. Interesting. Yeah. Well, to take it back to uh, Skinwalker. So um, so these Skinwalkers, so they are these, um, so they're like medicine men or shaman, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah. That have reached this level where they can, you know, body morph into other things. Um, but- wouldn't they still be confined to what our average lifespan is? So, I mean, like, you know, the skinwalker thing, the legend started, you know, hundreds of years ago. Would, And they're still there? How is that possible? Well, the way I see it is if they're able to morph into other beings, maybe they're able to, you know, keep the same age or maybe uh, be immortal. Ooh. So, I mean, if they're able to, you know, transcend the laws of physics um, by transforming, then maybe, you know, they don't have to age. Wow. So the, so the, um, the wolf that they have out there, the dire wolf that sometimes appears, 
could actually be the same skinwalker that was there hundreds of years ago when the curse was first put on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or it, uh, it could so, be passed on. I mean, I, you know, obviously we don't know, but you would think we oh, would. Oh, like inherited? Yeah, I don't know. But I, that doesn't seem as likely to me. It seems yeah. if there, if, if such a thing is there, it seems. Wow. You know, I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely Consistent. open to that possibility. I mean, right. You know, um, that, that, you know, Rebecca, that is something I, I definitely thought about too. Like, is this passed along? Do, passed along? Do they need an apprentice? Mm. You know? mm. um, yeah. I'm also thinking that, you know, once you acquire that level of power, maybe, maybe you shut off your mortal coil mm. and you are already an energy being. Interesting. You know, therefore, immortal. Interesting. Hmm, I never thought of it that way. Um, so, okay. So, do you do you buy into the portal idea then that this is that this could possibly be one of those kind of portals then? Yeah, I I, I do think so. I okay. do think that there's some sort of uh, there's some sort of gateway taking place. Yeah, I like and, the word gateway. Yeah, yeah. To what? Yeah. <laughs> to what we don't know. Right, but, right, right. And what exactly right. it does, we don't know. But can it be like another dimension? Or are we talking like another planet or another time? You, you know, and that's what um, Tom Gorman, the father, that's what he was speculating too. He, you know, when he was interviewed by uh, Colm uh, Keller, Keller, who you know wrote Hunt for the Skinwalker, or yeah, Skinwalker Ranch. Mm-hmm. Um, he was speculating that he goes, okay, um, you know, I'm a practical man, but I can't dismiss the fact that uh, something supernatural is taking place. Um, I can't dismiss the fact that this this orange door or this orange structure is leading to another land. And he was thinking, but he he said that he wasn't sure if it was another time period, if it was a parallel universe, another dimension, mm. uh, another. So you know, it's it's one of those things you don't you don't know, but it's definitely something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the most interesting story that you've heard about the ranch, or something that kind of grabbed your attention while you've been reading about it? Yeah. Um. You know, it's really interesting. It's like no. <clears throat> No harm was coming to the family. Mm-hmm. The animals would die or they would disappear, but it wasn't attacking the family, like not attacking them physically. Like, for example, the wolf, the wolf didn't attack the family. It actually walked around. <coughs> them. They reached out, they touched it. And then all of a sudden the wolf ran toward the animal. Um, I, I forgot what kind of animal. I think it was a sheep mm-hmm. and it put its jaws in the, into the animal mm. um, and then their their cattle was disappearing mm-hmm. or they would turn up uh, mutilated so you know whatever the phenomena is wasn't hurting the people just the animals yeah which yeah, that is interesting because that that kind of um i don't know talks about i guess it kind of goes with the concept that this was this is somebody that was human Mm-hmm. Or like has human qualities to them where right. they somehow recognize that or, you know, what I mean? that has some intelligence, I guess we'll say. It's not just yeah. beast, I, I yeah. suppose, would be what that might uh, suggest. And if I could quickly bring it back just to give an example, yeah. quickly bring it back to 
Point Pleasant, West Virginia, mm. um, there, there weren't people that were harmed. But, you know, for example, one of the um, witnesses, his, his puppy went missing mm. uh, during the night. So, you know, again, it's the it's animals will be harmed or disappear, but not the humans. Interesting. So, that is yeah. interesting. Well, there is. OK, so um, in the history of, of this land now, like the documentaries and I'm sure the book and I'm sure the, you know, the history channel show, they make it seem like there's always been paranormal activity there. But what I'm like discovering is it really starts with the Shermans. Um, when the Shermans owned the you know the property is when things really started happening. And the previous owner, which I'm going to talk about in the uh, history part, um, previous owner like lived there for 60 years and nothing seemed to happen. So mm-hmm. what my theory is is that the Shermans kind of made this up and then sold it. Uh, to the Bigelows, um, which, you know, they wouldn't have bought it had it not had paranormal activity. But this land is surrounded by tribal land. Um, In in fact, there's nothing but tribal land around there. This is the only land there owned by like a white person. Mm -hmm. And then along comes Brandon Fugel, which is, uh, he is a real estate um, mogul um, that, you know, sells those kind of things. And uh, the Bigelows sold it to him, even though he was a skeptic and is no longer a skeptic because of the land. But I mean, it's just that to me, it's like, did the Shermans make it up just so that they could sell the property to the Bigelows and make a profit on it? And the Bigelows made a profit with Brandon because he's a real estate agent. So is this just money? So... Uh, I don't. So the thing is, um, Colm Kellner, he, uh, the author of the book, he spoke to um, uh, uh, people from the Native American reservation. Yeah. And they said that for centuries, uh, Native Americans wouldn't, you know, go close to the land. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it wasn't ahead. documented until George George Knapp, um, you know started to get involved with it. Um, and that was, uh, I believe that was during the Bigelows. He might've done some stuff with the Shermans, but I know that was, uh, the Bigelows was his major thing. But wasn't it until Colm Kellner wrote it that it didn't become a thing or did George Knapp knew about it beforehand? Yeah. Right. That's the question. Is it the chicken or the egg? You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know. I, mean, I, I, I certainly don't want to believe that it's all made up, but I I don't know. Well, I guess I've seen enough. Um, I mean, there is enough proof that there are things that happen there. And, and I, I mean, it may have been whoever, you know, interviewed the, the tribes around there was maybe the first time anyone had bothered to ask them about the ranch. And then they were like, Oh yeah, we don't go on that land. Like there's stuff on that land. Like why would they wouldn't do that for the owner? Like, Oh, so the owner can make more money. Yeah. We'll, we'll uh, agree to those stories. Like, no, I'm sure those are, the stories that have been passed down but in Nati- the tribe. Native American culture is based upon a lot of these things where it's like, you know, they, they see things, they hear things yeah. all over the place. Well, so, so yeah. is ours. I yeah. mean, we, we, you know, that's, 
the church and oh, you know yeah, all the absolutely. things you know we all talk about the things we believe right and yeah, and then our way of explaining the world but right? i mean you're talking to people that this is their their being this is this is part of their culture so of course they're going to be like yeah we've been seeing stuff there for years you know yeah well I, but and i think that yeah so okay. yeah i mean so when we say like there hasn't been things happening there what i'm saying is they this is for for them yes they have seen things and things have happened there. Mm. So um, I, I do think, I think maybe what has changed too is having people on the, the, the ranch that are maybe more active, maybe are disturbing things a bit more. Um, or who knows what changed well, over time it, too. But. Know, it's interesting to note that. Um, and I, I haven't seen the series mm-hmm. um, intentionally to be honest because i just mm-hmm. you know i'm sure some of it is overproduced and, oh uh, very, yeah, much, get, very much very yeah, much <laughs> i i get a little tired of paranormal series so i don't i don't really you know watch them but you know when you do when you look into it i don't know if it mentions this in the series but um the saic the science application international corporation is connected to you know, experiments on Skinwalker Ranch. Yes. Yeah. And that, and, that was because of the Bigelows, too, is because they... Right. Uh, you know, so the one thing that I will say is the Bigelows were all about the science, too. They wanted scientific fact that proved, you know, these kind of things, which, I mean, if there was scientific fact that they found and that they didn't release, I mean, that would have made the news. I mean, we would have... This would have been like factual and not just a debate then. So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's always interesting with these kind of cases. I mean, I'm not totally in disbelief yet. I, I, uh, as I said, I, I have trouble with the UFO part of it because I'm like, uh, so in the series, there is this one particular, uh, cattle that gets, um, this cow that gets killed. And, Uh um, when they're reviewing the film, it just so happens that there is a UFO that's present when this thing like is near near death and it stands up, you know, and like wants to get away from it and was definitely like fearful of this UFO. And uh, I can't argue stuff like that. I mean, it's unless you're there, you can't. Wait, they had footage of this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like no, that's the thing. There, there. That's why I, it's there's footage. There is absolutely um, on the on the uh, you know their their instruments. You yeah. know, you definitely get get levels of things. You know, one thing I want to ask you about, Jack. What do you know um, about radiation at the ranch? Because they did talk about how um, there had been. You know, obviously experiments, uh, nuclear, you know, experiments not too far from the area. It didn't seem like it was right there. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, things travel, whatever. But they they certainly would register some radiation every so often. So I don't know if you had heard anything about that. So in the book, um, it mentions how um, Dr. Jacques Valley, the UFO researcher, he did experiments. I, I shouldn't say res- uh, research, and um, a lot of UFO cases, when it was a close contact, you know, the people were sick, and it's it, they were found to have radiation on them. Um, no one on the ranch uh, experienced that, but it, it goes into kind of detail about how, you know, people have, have died um, 
people have died from close encounters with UFOs from sickness. Mm. And it looks like it was from radiation poisoning. Now, when people go on the Skinwalker Ranch, um, they do experience uh, dizziness, you know, shortness of breath, uh, panic attacks. And, you know, these are also symptoms associated with radiation poisoning. So, you know, the author kind of goes into, like, is there a connection there? Mm -hmm. Mm. So um, there's definitely, like, some some weird overlap between the paranormal and and radiation um there was a a blogger that i used to follow and he talks about how it seems like when radiation is around he doesn't actually even talk about ufos he says when radiation is around there seems to be more ghostly activity interesting yeah, yeah, it's it's really interesting, and, and the science is, is a little bit above me, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But, um, nothing's but, ab- nothing's above you, Jack. <laughs> oh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, that's something that I do want to look further into. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and you wonder too, what comes first? You know, yeah, um, yeah. again, the that. chicken or the egg, yeah. right? Well, yeah, that's the that's the thing, and that's what I was. You know, that's what I was kind of getting at with the Science Application International Corporation and also the Department of Defense, you know, um, being involved with the Skinwalker Ranch. You know, is it, you know, what is the chicken and the egg, you know? So yeah. are they are they behind some of the phenomena that's taking place there? Are they manipulating it? Um, I once read, uh, this was online, I once read somebody posted, it seems like the Department of Defense is weaponizing the paranormal and mm. they're doing it from the Skinwalker Ranch. Hmm. Um, I'm sure they would love to. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's really fascinating, you know, like mm-hmm. who got there before? Was it, you know, some rogue faction of the government or was the phenomena already there? And now they're trying to manipulate it or, you know, it's what the heck is going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Well, I have one last thing. Uh, yeah. So uh, in this series and in the documentary, and I'm sure in the book, digging is a big deal. It's a huge deal. Like you're not supposed to dig on, right. on Skinwalker Ranch. Um, and that people that have dug on Skinwalker Ranch get, mysteriously ill like this one guy had this brain thing going on where his like head swelled up uh so what do you think that could be if you think like the portal is down below then because it's supposed to be a a mile up right yeah it could be but is it possible that he's they're getting they're being poisoned like it's when you're digging the, the something some gaseous thing come up so is it could it be radiation mm-hmm. it comes up and it and it causes them to be sick mm-hmm. well you know? i yeah i do think I, so i just was thinking my connection i made was you know so if we're talking about the department of defense or you know i go a little less like extreme with some of this but it's like could i imagine that they develop some weird weapon or version of something that they're like oh this is bad we 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 this doesn't work we're just gonna bury it 
in this like ranch yeah. area and uh, just tell everybody, you know what? Just don't dig. Bad things happen to people that dig, you know, so that no one, right. <laughs> no one digs well, to they, find it. I mean, they're <laughs> notorious for doing stuff like that. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. That would make sense because like my theory is that uh, something is, is under the earth. Like what, what I, and I have no facts to back this up. So this is just, <laughs> just me like going, hmm, I like think maybe a UFO crashed and it was buried underneath the ground in this tribal land where nobody, no, you know, I mean, Native Americans respect the land. They're not going to uh, dig it up or anything like that to find this thing. So everybody's got it made. And then uh, the UFOs come because they're checking on it especially when new people come on the property. Uh, supposedly, mm. that is a big thing. When new people come on the property is when, when there's more activity. Yeah, that's, uh, that's some, I was going to say something similar yeah. about mm. the crashed UFO. I mean, it sounds, uh, it sounds silly, but, you know, is that a possibility? And if UFOs aren't just nuts and bolts and they are these energy sources then you know what if they're emitting something and there's your gateway then too you know right yeah Yeah. well and i know like there was one thing too where it was like somebody got it was almost like they got a blast of radiation and then when they went back to check to see like oh wow is this radioactive do we need to like do something in this area they couldn't find anything so it was just like a really like one-time thing i mean his stuff was he was wearing like a counter or whatever. And like, yeah. you know, yeah. it did register. It wasn't like, he just like, I think I got radiation. Like, no, he did. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, like it was <laughs> like documented, but of course, like what's the source of that? But it was just really weird to just like, that doesn't usually just happen in one burst and then it's gone. Like that's not yeah. normally how radiation works. So that seems different. You know, what I like about the, the Skinwalker Ranch um, story is that, um, especially with the Gormans, you know, this was not that long ago. It was in the mid-90s. And a lot of times when you hear about this phenomenon, it's always like so so many decades ago. And, you know, but this was, this happened in what they, it all accumulated in 1994. Yeah. When, mm-hmm. the, when the Gormans finally left in 94, 95, something like that. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to say fresh, but it's not that long ago. And it's really interesting to hear or read, you know, what they experienced and what it would have been like, because I, I, you know, I, well, vaguely, but I remember what I was kind of doing during that time. And you got to think that these people were experiencing uh, cattle mutilations, you know, um, Tom and his son, Tad, mm-hmm. they went down a canal at one point and they uh, they came across their first cattle mutilation, which uh, their their cow had a perfect incision in it. And uh, it was in the rear end of the cow mm-hmm. and it was a perfect incision with the insides taken out and no blood, no blood loss. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Tom talks about how. You know, he would go out on um, on his porch of the of his home, and during the night, and he would just see shadows going by, shadows going by in the distance. You know, as if like creatures or people were were walking through the trees. You know, yeah. so it's all this weird, crazy phenomena, and it wasn't that long ago. It's amazing, mm-hmm. and still going on. 
people are yeah. still finding things, still allegedly. recording things, allegedly. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, and it's. I also feel like there is just something with the land itself. Um, like they they talk about um things glowing like in at night. Um, right. and to me that almost seems like it's just some sort of natural, maybe some natural phenomenon that happens there. But again, maybe it's mixing with. It's like something that you would find anywhere, but then when you mix it with the weird energy, the gamma, the whatever, it like glows. <laughs> you know, like, well, that, I don't know. It's a, weird. There's an interesting point that you that you said right now about the glowing because um, recently I was looking into how there's been like you know laboratory experiments involving lights and like if you know um, one green light, one red light, and they would go off at different times, and what that's supposed to do is induce hypnotism. Mm. Now, I was reading about this, and I'm kind of connecting it to UFO phenomena. Uh, think about how UFOs are able to change colors yeah. you know, from blue, from uh, yellow, from red. What if it's some sort of hypnotic uh, reasoning mm. for changing colors and people who are witnessing this are being hypnotized? Um, perhaps that's why when they're... Uh, allegedly abducted and returned, they don't remember because they're hypnotized. Hmm. Yeah, that's um, interesting. And then, you know, glowing, glowing objects taking place. Even uh, right here in the Chicagoland area, we have uh, the maple lights phenomena where lights appear behind the trees um, by Archer Woods. Oh, yeah, Maple Lake, yeah. Yeah, Maple Lake, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, what if uh, are these things, are they, are they UFOs that are changing colors? Are they uh, inducing hypnotism? You know? mm. hmm. I hadn't thought about that. Well, the one thing that, you know, we definitely can't debate is that this has been one of the most highly studied areas in the world for paranormal yeah. activity. Right. So uh, it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, but. Jack, I want to thank you so much for coming on and and giving us your opinion and throwing some facts down. Definitely. Any and any any last words on Skinwalker, and then uh, and then definitely let us know what you got going on. Yeah, yeah. I just um, I think it's important for everyone to to uh, you know kind of keep your ear out for Skinwalker because they're always coming out with something new. Mm. Um, you know that's why that's why I'm so skeptical about the series. But if you if you look online and stuff. There is a website, skin, skinwalk, uh, skinwalkerranch.com, and they're usually pretty good about updating, you know, information and news about what's going on at the ranch. So um, awesome. I hope to, you know, sometime soon make it out there myself. I don't <laughs> yeah. know how close I'll be able to get, but we'll see. Yeah, I think uh, they, they have, it seems like they have a lot of security because I'm guessing a lot of people want to get on that ranch. Yeah, yeah, there's a guy named Dragon out there that does security. <laughs> oh, so. yes. really? Yeah, and he's mean. <laughs> He doesn't like the digging. No, he hates digging. Really, mm -hmm. really hates the digging. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so what's going on in your world, Jack? Yeah, you keep posting events. I see them. Uh, yeah, so uh, I have a ghost investigation coming up uh, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin at the Brunder Mansion. Ooh. It's the Brunder, Brunder Mansion Bed and Breakfast. Um, so I'm looking for people uh, that want to go there. It's $45 a person. Okay. Um, it's a it was a former um, mob owned or mob connected owned, I should say. Wow. The, the Pick Brothers uh, owned it, and it was a, a brothel. It was a entertainment venue. Um, so they have a small ballroom in the basements. Mm. And uh, what else am I doing? Are some people whack there? 
Oh yeah, it's yeah. it's it's believed. Yeah, <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> and um, I do have a paranormal meetup uh, next Wednesday, so that's December twenty fourth. I, I saw that. Yeah. 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 Oh, November, December twenty fourth or November. Oh, no, November. November. I'm sorry. sorry, November. You may yeah. have said November, yeah. but my brain heard that because no, I'm excited. Right. But yeah, so November twenty fourth. Awesome. I'm sorry. Where's the meetup? It's at uh, Chet's Melody Lounge. Oh, Justice. we yeah. cannot encourage people more to go to Chet's. Yeah. It's a such a fun place, and he, the owner, the owner is Steve, right? Or Rich. Is Rich, 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 Rich. Yeah, yeah. he was yeah. so great to us when we went there. Uh, yeah. The both times we've been there. Uh, yeah, so the what guy, a great yeah. place. The guy was Rich sick is... and dying, and we still got into. Yeah, he yeah, had the worst cold place. ever at the yeah. time. <laughs> Rich is a great guy. His yeah. wife is cool. You know, the bartenders are cool. Mm-hmm. It's just a, it's a, you know, and and it's allegedly haunted too. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So, no, we we saw the basement. It's uh, freaky. <laughs> yeah, you ever spend so time in their the, basement? Yeah, I did go in the basement. He let yeah. me go down there. Yeah. yeah. It's um, great. Somebody somebody saw um I talked to one of the bartenders and she said that she went to the to the bathroom and uh next to her she saw a, a pair of feet, like shoes, and she thought somebody was there, but when she left the stall, there was nobody there. Wow. Yeah. Creepy. Wow. Creepy. Oh, well, those also like fun things. And, you know, yeah, people can, uh, can they follow you on Facebook? Is that probably the best place to hear about what you're doing or yeah, Instagram? So could, or what's the best place? Me, yeah, you can find me on Facebook, Jack Chavez. I'm running a, a paranormal group on Facebook called uh, Paranormal Chicago. You could also find me at um, on Instagram at Jack Chavez or paranormal.chicago. Nice. And then I also have a website, parachicago.com, which is under construction, but Ooh, I'm getting there. That's going to awesome. be awesome. Awesome. So, yeah. Let us know how we can help with that. Well, thank okay. you so much, Jack. We really appreciate hey, thanks, you guys. coming on. You you this definitely gave us something to think about. Here. Yeah, definitely. Helped us bring it all together. I appreciate it. All right. Awesome. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that interview. I mean, it... I. I love talking to Jack. Jack knows everything, as I said. I mean, we did not prep him for any part of this interview prior to the interview. I mean, he knew the topic, but we didn't have, like, he didn't have our list of questions or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, but he knew the topic, like, last week. He yeah. couldn't have read the book oh, in no. that short of time and yeah. know all that information and memorize all these names and places. And Yeah, no, no, he definitely just had that in his head, for sure. Oh, my God. Jack. (laughs) So, all right. So I'm ready for a ghost story. Okay. Let's get into it. Yeah. All right. It's time for a spooky tale from Rebecca. There were a lot of ways this ghost story could go and it was difficult because as we as we just talked about with Jack there's so much happening but anyways this is something that struck me so here we go I want to write this down before I forget what I saw I have been staying on Skinwalker Ranch at the invitation of the owner I was nervous to be here but I just couldn't say no to the opportunity to experience this place that is so steeped in paranormal activity. The Ute Basin is known for UFO and other strange sightings. This is my second night here, and I'm trying to get my bearings. I'm staying in a camping trailer, and it's 
oh, it's so beautiful here and peaceful. At least it seemed like that my first night here. Though most of the others here are excited, energized. They are ready to just dive in and learn more. I am too, but I like to settle into a place before I just go into research. After dinner, I decided to sit by myself outside of my trailer and stargaze. It's such open land here with the beautiful mesa to look at in the distance. All was well, and I was thanking my lucky stars to be in this place. When all of the sudden, I saw something I can't explain. The mesa seemed to light up, to glow. Not all of it, just the top half, down near the end where I am staying. I thought, okay, maybe it's a reflection of the moon? I couldn't think of what it could be. I got up and I walked west to see if it would change, and it didn't. It stayed as bright as before. It was beautiful, but I've never seen anything like it before. It, it was almost like a like a bioluminescence or something, but they're like not quite that neon. Then I saw something that I still can't believe. Something even stranger than the glowing mesa. A blue ball of light started to appear south of the mesa and fly towards it. Sort of a slow and well, like it was looking. (laughs) I know that sounds impossible, but that's just what it looked like to me. It wasn't just moving in a motion like it was flying straight. It was, uh, I was hovering, but it was also moving forward and it did eventually go behind the mesa. It was the most profound thing I have ever experienced. It felt like I was a part of something that I didn't understand. I'm writing this down because I don't want to ever forget this feeling. And if this is how the ranch greets its visitors, I'm excited to see what else it has in store. Maybe now I understand why the others feel the way they do. There is an energy here. Wow. So how much of that is based upon real Hardcore facts. <laughs> um, the stuff about the mesa glowing and yeah. seeing, you know, a light that kind of comes and goes behind it. That's definitely something that has been reported. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe not quite as as dramatic mm-hmm. <laughs> as is in the story, but um, yeah. All right. Well, um, let's go ahead and take a break. And when we return, we will go over the history. Pat, what do creepy stories, funny ghost memes, and inside ghostly information have in common? Um, my life. (laughs) Well, yes, but (laughs) no, it's also Ghostly Society on Facebook. Oh, yeah, I mean, that too, of course. But aren't all ghostly listeners in Ghostly Society? Not yet. What? I mean, that means that they're missing out on all my jokes. Yeah, they are. And missing out on chatting and sharing with other listeners and us, of course. We love talking to our listeners. If you haven't yet, you should consider joining our private group on Facebook called Ghostly Society. Let's hope now they will. Unless they're a woman in white. 
All right, we're back. So just like a lot of these ghostly episodes, the history is really hard to track down. I mean, this one was a little bit harder than most. So now when doing the history, I usually look for at least two different sources that can verify the information. Uh, That is something that I, I do because, you know, I don't want to give you dubious information. Yeah. That's just that's just not me. And with a lot of the history that predates the 19th century, I couldn't find it. I mean, seriously, like I heard about it when we were watching the show, um, The Secrets of the Skinwalker Ranch on the History Channel. We watched the first season of that. And I watched the documentary, um, The Hunt for Skywalker, I believe it was. Okay. Or skin, Skinwalker. I was going to say, yeah. ding, ding, ding. We yeah. knew that, well, we talked about this with Jack, like, yeah. or uh, yeah. I don't know if we did it on the recording, but uh, yeah, we're going to call it Skywalker Ranch. It's yeah. going to happen. Uh, we're both big Star Wars yeah, nerds, so we're going to try, try not uh, to. So Skinwalker Ranch. Um, but none of those things I could really verify, so I don't know. I mean, I want to believe some of the stuff, but I don't necessarily want to put it out there. So I'm just saying uh, I will give a little bit of that, uh, but I'm going to stick mostly to the facts here. Okay. okay? Hashtag Pat facts are Pat facts, not <laughs> tales from what people say. Yeah. I mean, I found some urban legends about it, but there's no documented dates or times and no two stories could be verified in any way. Okay. All right, so first of all, I thought we would go over the owners of Skinwalker Ranch. Okay. So in 1905, Monk Chavanaugh um, bought Skinwalker Ranch and kept it for 11 years, around 11 years. Um, And in 1916, he sold it to Henry Lidister. Henry Lidister kept it for 29 years. That's a pretty long time. It is. And uh, eventually, uh, in um, 1945-ish, sold it to Kenneth and Edith Myers. Now, there's some overlap you might notice in this little chart here. Yeah, it looks like it. And a lot of times when the people would sell it, they would still live there for a little bit. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. They just kind of rent it back or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So Kenneth and Edith Myers owned this property for the longest amount of time. 60 years to be exact. Uh, And in 1994-ish, they sold it to Benton Lockie. And Benton Lockie had it for like 14 years and then sold it to the Shermans, Terry and Gwen Sherman. Um, And they only owned it for like two years. And then they sold it to Robert Bigelow, millionaire. And uh, they sold it, or Robert Bigelow sold it to Brandon Fugel. Uh, so th- I just wanted to cover that. We're going to talk about some of these people a little bit later. Yeah. No, it's not. It's good to hear. You know, it, it has changed hands over over time. Um, and it's been, uh, I think, it's it's one of those places that um, there's so much going on in that area. But the, the ranch itself definitely has evolved. I'm sure you'll tell us, you know, about that. But a little it's, bit. Yeah. Uh, it's dubbed from the skinwalker, uh, which is a Navajo term. Uh, as Jack was telling us, it's a legendary shape-shifting shaman. Uh, that's fun to say. Shape-shifting <laughs> shaman uh, of the Navajo myth. 
The legend says that when the settlers arrived and kicked the Navajo off the land, they cursed it with them. And the skinwalkers are known for many shapes, notably the direwolves. Oh, you like direwolves from uh, like Game direwolves. of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, so UFO reports date back to the time of the indigenous people. I mean, it's but it's going backwards in time and asking people then. There's, there's not much documentation of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, they were publicized in the early 70s when investigative journalist George Knapp took interest in them. So the area got so well known that the author, Colm Keller, uh, wrote a book about it. Uh, in it, they described the ranch being home to Bigfoot-like creatures, crop circles, UFOs, uh, floating orbs and poltergeist. Again, it has everything. <laughs> right? It's got everything a girl could want, right? <laughs> the ranch is located in the northwest part of Utah called the Uniton uh, County. Uh, it is surrounded on all four sides by the Ute Indian reservations. It is 512 acres of land and has three areas of buildings in various stages. Uh, like some of them, like, um, what is it? The housing complex two is like mostly, you know, in ruins kind of state. Yeah. All those people you talked about, you know, at various points lived in various buildings around the property. Sure. Uh, In 2005, Colm Keller uh, and co-author George Knapp published a book in which they described the ranch being acquired by the National Institute for Discovery Science uh, to study anecdotal sightings of UFOs, Bigfoot-like creatures, crop circles, glowing orbs, and poltergeist activity reported by its former owners. Now, let's talk about some of these former owners, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm going to start with the Shermans. The Shermans owned Skinwalker Ranch for two to three years, uh, from 1994 until 1996, They bought it from Kenneth and Edith Myers, who had owned it 60 years previously. The Shermans really let the ranch get famous. They gave it the alternate name, the Sherman Ranch. Um, They sold, because of course, you're going to name it after yourself, right? (laughs) Well, I mean, why not, right? Yeah, but it's not the Myers Ranch. They lived there for 60 years. Well, and I did read that the Myers were the ones, I believe, that ended up really buying like more of the property that made it the size that it is. It was 480 acres and then they bought the rest. Yeah. Yeah. Which is hard because it was uh, Ute Indian reservation land. Oh yeah. I mean, it definitely was. um, Yeah. The, the lot of government involvement, different things going on. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, seriously, they're the only white people in the, in the immediate area there. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And Edith, um, she stayed there until she like got taken to, uh, you know, she had to move to a, a home. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. So they, they really love the land. Absolutely. Um, so uh, they, while they were there, the, um, you know, the land got pretty famous uh, it became what we know because the books were published and everything like that. Uh, and stories started to get publicized more and more. And uh, they sold the ranch to mogul Robert Bigelow in 1996 when they were fed up with it. That's what they say. That's what they say. Uh, so now let's talk about Robert Thomas Bigelow. 
so he was born in 1945, um, May 12th. Uh, he's an American businessman. He owns the hotel chain Budget Suites of America. You've heard of them, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You ever stayed at a Budget Suite? No. I think I did once. <laughs> uh, and he's the founder of Bigelow Aero- Aerospace. Okay. I mean, good thing he founded it because it has his name. Yes, it's very handy that way. It, it would have been really difficult had he not founded it. <laughs> uh, Bigelow has used his wealth to provide financial support for investigations of UFOs and parapsychology. Yeah, he's a big name in uh, the world of UFOs. Yeah, uh, including the continuation of consciousness after death. That's a big thing for him. Yes, uh, in 2011, Forbes estimated his net worth to be $700 million. Wow. Yeah. Uh, in 1995, Bigelow founded the National Institute for Discovery Science, uh, as we had mentioned just a, a little bit before, um, to research and advance studies of various fringe sciences and paranormal topics, and most notably, ufology. Uh, yeah, he, he's the guy. He's yeah, the right? guy. Like, if you're into UFO stuff, you know Bigelow. Yeah, he provided a lot of money for it. Uh, the The organization researched cattle mutilation, which is actually a bigger problem than most people ever really think of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of cattle gets mutilated, and they have no idea why. Yep. Not just, you know, in Skinwalker. No, either. no. Like, it's like a lot of the things that we talk about happen on Skinwalker Ranch, but they're also reported all around it as yeah, well. Absolutely. Yeah. And also um, Black Triangle reports. I don't know what that is. Yeah, that's like portal stuff, I believe. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, ultimately attributing the, the latter to the military. Okay. Ooh, interesting. Uh, the Institute was disbanded in 2004. Mm. I always hate it when things get disbanded like <laughs> that, right? Uh, like the Beatles got disbanded, right? Uh, yep. Yeah. That's or what they happened. disbanded themselves. That's what they did. Yeah. Because they were banned and they disbanded. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in 1996, Bigelow purchased Skinwalker Ranch. At the time, it was a 480 acre. So maybe it was Bigelow that added on to Oh, that. maybe. I don't know. Um, cattle Ranch, located in Utah, that some believe is the site of an interdimensional doorway used by alien shapeshifters. I mean, that came up with Jack, right? Yeah, right? Like, that's that's a possibility. Well, I don't know if he went into the aliens could be the shapeshifter. No, no, I don't think we, we talked about that. So in December 2017, Bigelow was reported by the New York Times to have urged Senator Harry Reid to initiate what became the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Uh, it's a government study which operated from 2007 to 2012, and it was tasked with the study of UFOs. According to the New York Times, Bigelow said that he was absolutely convinced that aliens exist and have visited Earth. In June 2020, Bigelow founded the Bigelow Institute for Consciousness Studies. Again, good thing he did because it shares his name. Yep. Um, it was to support investigations into life after death. And in January 2021, so very recently... Uh, he put up a award of $1 million for anyone who could demonstrate the existence of life after death. Wow. So, yeah, we got to get on that with Ghostly. Yeah. 
We got to prove it, Rebecca. <laughs> well, you know, he's interesting. I actually watched an interview with Bigelow um, talking about his time on, on Skidwalker Ranch. And I guess I'll just say it was interesting to hear the way he talked about the ranch because, you know, for him, it was, you know, seeing some of these phenomena and, rec- you know, recording them and studying them with scientists and all of that. But for him personally, it was like he wanted more cohesiveness to it like he was frustrated he's like i feel like the ranch is trying to talk to us and we don't know what it's saying Mm. and like it it just he wanted it to kind of be clearer in its communication i guess and and that frustrated him space oddity yeah like he wanted words you know or something that we could understand at least them to play musical tones something where they could then translate yes exactly exactly Mm -hmm. a language i guess is what i mean to say instead of words um and uh, yeah and just and and in the end he just got frustrated because that wasn't happening yeah and he's like he kept saying like you know man maybe we didn't give it enough time maybe we didn't but he just got frustrated that it wouldn't um um, it wasn't clearer. Yeah. It, it, but just, I I hadn't thought about it that way, about like, hey, yeah, the ranch is probably trying to tell us something and we can't understand it. Sure. <laughs> I wish it would just be clearer. Well, that brings us to its current owner. Uh, until the History Channel show that started, um, and it was a, it, it's the secrets of the Skinwalker Ranch, his identity was shrouded in secrecy. Mystery. Yeah, in mysterious secrecy. (laughs) Uh, He even appeared in a documentary that was also about Skinwalker Ranch where they hid his identity. He wasn't ready. No, he was not ready. And I've watched a whole interview about that too. Mm -hmm. Uh, His name is Brandon Fugel, and he kind of gives off a Bond villain um, kind of appearance. He seems like a very nice man, (laughs) but he definitely has the suit, the I'm so rich you can't even handle me. Flies everywhere in a helicopter. Right. In his Porsche, you know. Yeah. He's He's a Bond villain. (laughs) (laughs) But I think he's on the side of good. At least I hope so. Hopefully he uses his powers for good. There you go. Yes. Yeah. He is a real estate mogul that claimed to be a skeptic before an event on the ranch made him a believer where he actually believes that he saw a UFO. Uh, It was like the cigar shaped UFO kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he believes he saw it. Now, if you watch the History Channel show, like uh, Rebecca and I did, mm-hmm. we were we were tasked with this. Uh, <laughs> first of all, you know two things, right? You know you can't dig on there. <laughs> there is no digging you allowed. You cannot dig on the ranch. If you even mention the word digging, you are in for a 20-minute <laughs> conversation. Where they show you magnets. They show the you end. magnets, yeah. and they go, Exactly. <laughs> this is why. And yeah. you're like, I don't understand. And who is the man that hates the digging the most, Rebecca? Um, that would be the security guard. The, sec- the, the head security guard, Dragon. Dragon, yes. So that's one of the things I wanted to talk about. Uh, one of the fan favorites of the show is a man that goes by Dragon or Flaming Dragon. Uh, he is the security chief of the Skinwalker Ranch. He met Brandon in August of 1992 when they both served as missionaries in Hawaii. Seems kind of convenient to Yeah, that's a nice location. Uh, For the Church of Jesus Christ and the Latter-day Saints. Um, The Mormons. Yeah, Yeah. the Mormons, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, 
he got his name during military operations when he was dropping napalm on people, but the napalm was mixed with something else, so it was sticky. I'm not going to say what it is because it's really gross. I don't. I yeah. I, I'm very confused by this whole story, but um. But yeah, he was dropping napalm, and that gives off like fire. That's fire. I see. And you know, there's several flames, so he got the name Flaming Dragon. I see. And he is referred to on the show as Dragon. He is. He is. And he carries a shotgun wherever he goes. Yeah, there's definitely a a group of security. Like, don't think you can just go visit the ranch. No, you can it definitely. It is not, not a destination. By the way, there's only one road into it. Yeah, you're not going to get on. Like, I thought for a second uh, in one of the episodes, they closed this other gate. And I'm like, that gate looked really easy to get in. I could probably sneak in. <laughs> but the problem is, is getting to that gate. Right. That's like probably something inside the ranch. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's only one real road up. So, unless you're going to walk, you know, tens or 20 miles or something like that, you're you're not making it on there. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, that's about all that I have for the history of Skinwalker Ranch. Sorry, I wish there was more as there is a lot of presumed history, but um, I don't want to give misinformation. So Absolutely. And I, I think, you know, we'll get into the stories of it. And I think that's a big part of it. Um, I would like to, to just say that it's... Um, it's definitely an interesting place. Uh, and as I mentioned just earlier to keep in mind that um, it is a part of the land around it too. Um, but it, it is this weird space that's been carved, carved out and had a lot of different people and animals and things brought to it that maybe it wasn't used to. So yeah. it's interesting. It is actually, uh, if you, if you went to Google earth and you looked at the Uten basin, and you wanted to put a like a pin in the middle of that. It is exactly in the middle of the Uten Basin. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, which uh, it looks very beautiful out there. Absolutely. Yep. Very very cowboyish. Uh, if you want to think the West, yeah. this is this is the West for sure. Even though it's Utah, and I don't really think Utah is out there so far west. You know, I think more Nevada, California. Oh, I I think of Utah as west, but, but yeah, but it looks yeah. like yeah, it looks like a place that you could have some cowboy stew. And, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I did I did watch something where they like had a fire out there, um, you know, like a bonfire and stuff and uh man that just looked so cool like i would love to camp there yeah but remember only if you're invited yeah so otherwise dragon's gonna get you would you would you camp there if dragon allowed you to i would you would okay all right well you heard it from rebecca she's (laughs) she's not really that scared of the place i mean i think it's interesting yeah i would dig you would dig no you can't dig there That digging is not allowed by anybody. Again, if you we only watched the first season and we haven't seen the second, but if you've watched the first season, these are very funny jokes to you. Yeah, because <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah, they fight for twenty minutes in the first episode about digging on there. Yeah, I mean it's still a fun show. It I is. highly recommend it. Absolutely, and stuff happens. Absolutely, this well, let me, is not. Let me a... tell you one of my problems with the show. Though. Okay, so they went through all of this. And never did they find any solid solid scientific proof of anything. Like, they never found any reason for anything that wasn't like, I don't know, it could be paranormal. 
Every single thing that they investigated was like never had any answers. And I was expecting at least one thing. I feel like there was one. I know we've we kind of just we both saw this episode and saw saw it kind of differently. There was one episode where the in 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 one of the houses they were claiming to have some kind of paranormal things where they would like feel like they were being watched. They would hear weird noises, um, and then they ended up finding a admittedly weird weird empty room in the basement. Um, but the the one scientist that they brought on there theorized that actually that room was serving almost like a like a bass drum, like something that was echoing things back. Um, and and he kind of I think solved some of the paranormal stuff in that. But house. they never said that that like solved it or anything to them. You know, well, and that, I don't know that it's going to get rid me. of it. No, but. but that bothered me though. Is that there was nothing ever really. Like, oh, okay, well, we figured this thing out and we're, we're not going to worry about this. We're going to focus on this. Mm. It was all like, no, these are new things and never anything. And it's like, <laughs> in these kind of cases, most of the time you can find scientific proof for one of the things at least, even yeah. in a weird place like this. I don't like going on. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. And when we return, we will get to the debate. Sounds good. Listeners, did you know there's a way to share with the world whether you're hashtag team believer or hashtag team skeptic, or for those who need it, hashtag team the middle? It's our store called Ghostly Gear. Yep. And we even have custom ghostly designs like microclimate or even the Easter Island Massacre or of the ghostly logo. Just visit our Ghostly Gear store right on ghostlypodcast.com to order your t-shirt, hoodie, mug, mask, whatever. <laughs> okay, okay. I think we got it. Um, they just need to visit ghostlypodcast.com and click on Ghostly Gear to order right on the website and send us any ideas that you have for new merch. Exactly. Order your merch today and send us a pic of you and your ghostly gear. Okay, so this is going to be a really weird debate because, I mean, I think you kind of have to prove that it's ghost and not just any paranormal activity. I don't know about that. I mean, to me, I think the question is, is there there paranormal activity happening at this ranch? And I guess the question is, what do you consider paranormal activity? What do you consider paranormal activity, so, Rebecca? <laughs> I mean, paranormal. I consider nothing to be paranormal activity. So. <laughs> I guess that, you know, like, uh, I, so things that maybe don't have a clear explanation, 
that we understand. They're kind of Are out UFOs, of the normal. UFOs paranormal? I, some people would consider them. But I'm asking you what you consider. What, what I consider is, them. This depends upon the debate. Right? Yeah. I don't know if I would consider UFOs paranormal. I mean, again, some people would. Again, we're just, okay. you know, the attorneys. But so for me, I, I guess if there really is. Okay, let's go. Let's say this. If it truly is like a sentient, like sentient beings from another planet that are here on an aircraft of some sort that they have made, then that's real. That's tangible. And that is a thing that I would say is maybe, I guess you could say not paranormal. Should we prove their existence? But then like Jack was talking about it being energy. Yeah. Right. That like can change or something. And maybe it's from another yeah, dimension or a parallel universe. What does Jack know? Well, Jack doesn't know. We don't know. No, he you... knows everything. <laughs> that man knows everything. Seriously. But that to me would be more more paranormal. OK, but we have to continue defining this. So what about cryptids? Uh, I think they fall under paranormal because they're kind of outside of our normal I disagree. World. So this is going to be a really hard debate Okay, for well, us that's all, okay. So. We don't have to agree, right? Okay. Isn't that kind of our thing that we don't yeah, always... Yeah, but I want to be able to debate on the same terms, though. Well, that's... that's the thing. Okay, so what did Jack call this? Like High strangeness. High strangeness. So when it comes to high strangeness, this is going to be different because there's going to be some pieces of evidence where you might be the believer. All right, well, we'll see. So let's... Okay. Let's get into it. Okay, here we go. So piece of evidence number one, we're going to start, because this is Skinwalker Ranch, we're going to start with Skinwalker sightings. Okay. Right? So seeing a wolf-like creature, some sort of creature, right? Yes. And we're going to talk about a specific instance with Tom Gorman. Mm -hmm. Now, Jack mentioned Gormans. Um, I do believe they were farmers on the ranch. They didn't own it. Okay. But they were there. Um, so it attacked one of his cows, he says, and he shot it three times at close range with a 357 Magnum pistol. Mm -hmm. The animal wasn't wounded and remained completely calm. Even when Tom followed up with a few rounds from his U S army issued Springfield rifle, even more strangely, when Tom and his sons tried to track the huge beast, it disappeared with its tracks in the soft ground coming to an unexplained end. That is just one story, similar things. So even if it was a dire wolf, a 357 Magnum is not going to be nothing to it. And actually it did, uh, it did respond. It it, it coiled at one of the shots. Um, So there was something, but it would have, it would have deterred, you know, even a dire wolf, I would imagine. I don't know what a dire wolf would have done because there aren't any. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, I, I would imagine it would have. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's like a bear. Like, let's just say it's like a bear size. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. And a bear would not just be like, that was nothing for a three fifty seven Magnum. Yeah. And I don't know what size the... U.S. Army issue Springfield rifle is it could be a twenty-two, and which is like a BB gun almost. But I'm assuming it's not. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to have to go a different route with this one. Is that there is a lot of video cameras hooked up around the place, and um, there was when the Shermans were there as well. 
Uh, it wasn't just a Bigelow thing. I believe the Shermans had video cameras and they didn't catch any of this on video at all. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know back in the 90s if, the, you know, how easy it would have been to have them all around the ranch. They probably had them by their house, something like that. I don't know, though. Um, but we did get now. I mean, I know we're talking about this instance, but on the show, they did get grainy video of something attacking yeah. some animals. Um, but in no way did it look like it was a dire wolf. I mean, a dire wolf is like five times the size of a normal wolf, and wolves are big. Well, supposedly, yeah, these are big. Yeah. These, these, whatever these animals are, these skinwalker animals. But I'm thinking that I'm thinking that he saw a wolf, a regular wolf, not a dire wolf. And I don't know how close of range, like when they say in the show, I, I don't know how true that is because I'm not hearing it from the Gormans. I'm hearing it, you know, second, third, fourth hand, you know, so I don't know how true that is. I'm going to say I, I'm believing that it was a wolf. I'm believing that it wasn't as close a range as what they're saying and that some of the shots missed. And when they finally did get a shot in, it it responded as it should, it left. Yeah, to me, I am going to, I, I am not, I, I don't, I don't want to dismiss it, but I don't find the skinwalker evidence as convincing Yeah, as I some mean, other things. And also the skinwalker idea is a legend. Mm -hmm. There is no proof to back this up. Um, not at all. There's nobody alive now that was alive then that can, you know, so I, I don't know. Um, so, I mean, I would love to believe the story. It sounds credible, right? I mean, it does. But um, I don't know for sure if there was a curse put on. And also, I don't use, I, I don't believe in curses like that. I believe curses exist because you believe that they exist. Like if you think... It's going to be a bad day. You know, if you wake up in the morning, you stub your toe, you're like, man, this is going to be a, the worst day ever. It's going to be pretty bad because you put that idea into yourself. It's like the secret, right? <laughs> um, oh, so you think that you believe in the power of the mind and uh, that we can manifest magic, right? With the... Uh... To a very small degree. <laughs> to a very... Like... like as far as your luck goes, yes, I believe that that can interfere with it because there's a lot of things that can in interfere with luck. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, I'm going to have to go really uh, small on this one because I. so what I have decided I'm going to do is when you say something, I'm going to say, is this something out of our normal means, our normal existence? That could happen. Right, right. Like, yeah. Yeah, there are wolves in Utah. Mm -hmm. That is possible. Yep. Can there be a really big one? Yeah. There could be a really big one. Uh, some of the alpha ones get to be pretty pretty darn big. Mm -hmm. But do I think it was a dire wolf? No. Do I think that he really, like, made contact with his, with his rounds of am ammunition? No. So Except for the one shot at the end. 
Okay. Which, yeah, I, in this particular instance of that story, I didn't have that. But um, I will say, by the way, if any of you don't know when Pat talks about dire wolves, what that is, because you didn't watch Game of Thrones, <laughs> um, you can Google that. It's not just Game of Thrones. <laughs> okay. Uh, play your D&D or whatever <laughs> it is that have those in it. I don't know. Uh, dire wolves actually existed at one point. Oh, okay. They're, it's an extinct animal. Okay, I had yeah. not heard that, but yeah. I'll, I will trust you on that. And I'm, then, and I'm sure the listeners will I'm share almost positive many about stories about that. Yeah. Um, but I want to say, so okay, so what? What's your rating? I'm sorry. Let's. What's what number did you? I'm gonna go one on this one. One. Okay. Yeah, I I want to go zero, but there's like okay. So then we get to the end of it. Uh, Tom and his son. So this is his son with him now. I don't know when his son entered the picture. Did the son see the shot? Did the son see all this? Or was it just Tom Gorman by himself? That would change things a little bit for me. But also, um, so they try to track him and the tracks disappear. That is possible, right? I mean, it is possible for an animal not to leave any tracks, especially, you know, there's a lot of grass over there. If it went into like a high grass area, I don't imagine that they mow the place very often. Well, I think I don't think they would when they say unexplained end, my guess is that it it didn't it there wasn't an obvious reason why the tracks would end. But we're talking about so many different variables here that I cannot there's no video of it, there's no pictures of this, there's only word of mouth and from the beginning of the story, it sounds like only one person actually saw this wolf. I think you I think in some versions of the story, the sons were with him. I don't know how old they were, though, or what what that means. You know, but again, exactly. I can't I can't collaborate that. So uh, for me, I'm going to give it a four. OK, but, you know, I, I almost am tempted to give it a three. I'm going to be honest, but I'm, I'm going to go four just because there are I know, again, as we get into this. I pick a specific story because that gives us something yeah. specific to talk about. But there are many, many, many others, including one on the show that we did hear about. But I agree with you that it it could just be a wolf, <laughs> like a really well, big wolf that people are seeing. And maybe the wolves there are a little bolder just because there's not a lot of people around there or they've just gotten that way. And again, we're not at this point, by the way, animal mutilations are coming up later. That is a different thing. We are not yeah. talking about that. We are talking about like they are attacking animals, but not killing them necessarily even. Well, I, I think it wanted it's, to kill it. Probably. And then they get disturbed, you know. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, that's why to me, I think you're right. There is way too much of a reasonable, rational thing that could be. Um, I just give it a little bit higher because there are a lot of these stories from now, over the years. Let me just say that when Rebecca gives it a four or five, that is like the equivalent of my zero. <laughs> Because she has a different way of scoring this than I do. We're not scoring on the same thing. Right. And so when, you're saying five means could be, might not be. Right. And so I'm giving four it four is like highly unlikely that this is true. <laughs> well, and when Pat gives something a one or a two, that's like a 10. No, it's not a 10. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead to, uh, to number two okay. here. So here we go. The Big Kahuna UFO sightings. They saw the Big Kahuna? <laughs> this is big. So so UFOs, mm, ufology, okay. right? Um, okay. Yes. Brandon Fugel, right? The current owner mm -hmm. says, 
Six months into our investigation, I had an experience while entertaining a visiting dignitary in his security detail that involved an undeniable sighting of what can only be described as a 40 to 50 foot long silver grayish disc-like object that performed maneuvers that were stunning and defied conventional explanation. Fugel stressed that, that this sighting was in broad daylight and included several witnesses he says after the sighting, they continue to experience paranormal phenomena. So he calls it paranormal to see um, this UFO. Yeah, I do not believe it's paranormal in, in a sense. I believe it's inside the realms of, of science okay. that it could be because scientifically we have to say, what are the chances that there are life outside of Earth? Oh, I I, I think it's for sure. Yeah, so I mean... So we have to assume that it could be true. I mean, and that maybe they could be here. Um, that would explain a lot of things like the radiation and stuff like that. It, it, I don't think it's a wormhole or a gateway or anything like that. Um, when there's a UFO, um, you know, they they travel great distances in short joint short time span. I mean, for us to get to Mars, it would be like the lifetime of a person. So you have to be able to travel at higher speeds, higher velocity. And I believe it's some kind of radiation. That's what it seems to be to me. Now, this particular incident, seeing the pictures of it, I do not believe this one to be a genuine UFO. It is It is not... It is is not one of them. Okay, so like I mentioned with the interview with Jack, isn't it weird to you that as we've modernized, these UFOs have modernized? Mm. So like in the 70s, think of what a 70s, you know, UFO looks like. It looked like the top of a of um a kettle, you know, where it has like the glass top on the thing and <laughs> it's like the, you know, a disc shape like yeah. that. But as we've modernized, these things have also modernized. Isn't that weird? Mm -hmm. And as I said, they travel great distances to get here if they are here, right? Mm -hmm. Where could they modernize? Did they pull stuff from the earth to make them more modern? You know, how would they be able to enhance their vehicle then? So wouldn't it always look like the one in the 70s? I don't know. I mean, I, I, the ones, the, well, the ones in like the fifties were like the discs, yeah. I think. And, um, I, I think there was some science fiction writers that maybe drew them that way that yeah. then kind of that gets into your consciousness. So when, if you do see some weird object in the sky, you don't know what it is. Your mind maybe kind of paints that picture for you versus yeah. now we have like the tick tack whatever, UAP, so, right? Yeah, so that's another thing I was going to uh, talk about here is that, so in the show, they show those pictures. Now, the ones of this one, the cigar-shaped one, you know, I don't believe that one to be an actual UFO. It just looks a little strange to me. I did not analyze the photos because I don't have copies of the photos that he actually took. I think it was actually a video that they mm -hmm. made an image out of uh, which can cause some issues and stuff. I, and, you know, I I don't want to say that they made it up or anything like that. I don't know what it is. I just don't believe that that's what it... I, I don't believe that that's 
because there's several different types of UFOs, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Then and the scar-shaped one is a common sighting. It is a common one. And I just never really, it doesn't really hold any credence with me. Okay. Uh, now, there were other ones in there. There was one that was like a white ball. Mm-hmm. That one, uh, surprisingly, looks like the weather balloon that they lost a couple <laughs> days prior to that. And now, we're, and by the way, he we're, he's talking about on the Skinwalker Ranch yeah, TV the secret, show, the Secrets of Skinwalker. Secret Ranch. of Skinwalker yeah. Ranch, yeah. Um, so that one, I believe, is probably like the weather balloon or something like that. Maybe another weather balloon that somebody else was doing an experiment with and got away from them. I don't know. Also possible. The third one, okay. the dark one, okay, the one that looks like the Tic Tac. Yeah, that one I have more trouble with. Mm. Because they they do weird things. Like uh, they didn't do it with this particular picture, but the Tic Tac one, they've analyzed it in many different ways. Mm-hmm. They've looked at it through um, um, like ultraviolet and different kinds of you know things. And there's like a weird heat signature around it. So that one I would believe more. Now, I don't believe it's as fast as what is what they're saying. Because the picture kind of looks like it was zoomed in or zoomed out mm-hmm. when when it was moved. So I don't even know if it moved at all. Mm-hmm. But that is the shape that I would buy more into. Okay. Yeah. It looks like something that's not from the earth. Okay. Whereas that cigar shape one looks like something we could build here, mm. you know, and somehow get it off the ground. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe it's some huge drone or something like that. I gotcha. But the other one doesn't look like something that we could create. Okay. It almost looks like a top, you know? Yeah. It's black and it looks like a top in that it has the the top of it and then it has like a like a slim section in the middle and it has like a stem almost. Okay. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? I yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah. So for this particular one, I'm going to have to go pretty low because I don't believe in the cigar shape one. Okay, but let's just say, though, what about UFO sight? I gave this as just an, an example, but like we need to talk about like UFO sightings at Skinwalker Ranch. Like, do you believe there have been UFO sightings at Skinwalker Ranch? I, you know, I. So, yeah, I do believe in UFOs. I do believe that there is a possibility that they're here. Um, where I run into problems is when I try to think of why, why would they be over this ranch in the middle of Utah? It just doesn't make sense. Well, What's there? Remember, well, so I know we focus a lot on the ranch, but the whole basin for 30 years, whatever, more than this is me being the old person. It's this. The 70s was more than 30 years ago, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, for whatever number of years, there have been sightings. Like there was like a middle school teacher back in the 70s that saw a UFO again in that area. So it really isn't just the ranch. Like it is that whole area is like known yeah. for UFO but sightings. But still, why? Why? Why there? What I don't know. Maybe, there? maybe there's energy there that they need. Okay. I have no idea. I don't believe any but of that's, this. But so that's I'm just where, trying to help. <laughs> but that's where I come into problems is when I try to think of the why. Uh-huh. Also, the Myers family that were there for 60 years that didn't have the ranch named after them, which really bothers me that the Shermans were there the least amount of time and they named it after themselves. Um, the Myers um, family never had anything happen. Now, you say that, but... 
I did read that um, they did tell the Shermans that they saw things and that even like there's like some said this, the Shermans or the Myers. Uh, actually, that particular piece, Fugel said, Brandon said, okay. that he heard that the they told the Sherman. But said. again, it's... It is a little bit. But then there was a uh, a commenter on that post that said, uh, now again, again, a little bit of hearsay, but that um, from the area that people in the area would say that, um, is it Edith Myers would absolutely tell people like, oh yeah, like this weird thing happened. They just didn't make it public. Okay, well, but I don't know. Again, it's a bit of hearsay. They're sixty years, though, and if they did, they must have liked it, no matter what. Um, so I'm gonna have to go low on this one. But if you are asking me if I believe that, so you're not just asking me if UFOs are possible because we already know I'm a believer. Right, right, right. No, we're saying at this ranch. Okay, at this particular location, is it possible that UFOs visit there? Yes. Okay, uh, I'm going to have to go, and I am doing some math here because I'm taking into account that I've heard that the Myers never had an experience. So okay. I'm taking that into you, account. Absolutely. I'm also taking it into account that this is on the freaking History Channel. <laughs> and the History Channel used to be about history, it remember? It used to be, yeah. Like used to be World War II documentaries and stuff. Sure. No, there's none of that stuff there anymore. So it's on the History Channel. So I'm taking that into account too, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I I have a number. You have a number in mind. Okay. You willing to guess? Uh, I'm going to say three. Nope. Four. Five. <gasps> I wasn't ready for I'm that, going listeners. Five. I wasn't ready for that, listeners. Oh, my God. That's like a 20. No, it's not a 20. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. The UFOs, but I... Okay, so also, I <laughs> do not get to consider talk at that. Some point, I promise. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you <laughs> no, off, but I, I need to make my. I I need to like I gave you a chance to speak about this, but yes. I I want to make sure that I explain myself fully for this. Uh, you're given a five, so you need to offer some explanation. <laughs> I, I think yes. Uh, so yes, I'm going to give this a five, but I also do not consider that paranormal activity. Okay. So yep. as far as the debate goes, gotcha. I'm giving that a zero. Like your overall rating for the like the rant. We don't know where we're gonna be at with that, but you will not be putting this is this does not this will not be taken into account when you when you answer the question, yeah. do you think there's paranormal yeah. activity at the ranch? Yeah. This will because, not factor in. Because that. to me this isn't paranormal. This is can this happen within our rules of science? It really pushes the rules of science, but yes, it can. Okay. Right? Gotcha. I mean, wouldn't you agree that it, yes, it can? I mean, okay. I'm going to say yes, it can, but I feel like this is a far less probability than a wolf <laughs> being like a thick creature. You know what I mean? Like, so to me, again, I UFOs, like, okay, theoretically, yes, I do believe there's probably life out there and there could even be intelligent life out there. That's, I think, very possible. However, I am not sure about them having been to Earth. Like, 
that they come here that we would not know that. I mean, like a lot of these stories sound credible until you really dig into them. And then sometimes they kind of fall apart. Now, it, do I think it's possible that, again, there is some sort of weird ball of energy that might show up that kind of looks like it's something? And again, this is, by the way, I am accepting the uh, the official <laughs> unidentified aerial phenomenon TikTok video because that one is really weird. I just don't think we know yet um, what happened there. So again, I am not... Did you I, say TikTok video? TikTok. Okay. I thought you said TikTok. <laughs> I, I do watch a lot tic- of TikTok, but... Um, is it a Bones Day? It, it was a bones day today. He's okay. at grandma's. Okay. So, yes. Sorry. Go ahead. Say. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, so um, so I don't, you know, for, for this particular piece, um, you know, where they saw the the disc-like object um, and some of the other ones that the we cigar saw. Cigar-shaped one. Cigar-shaped one. Um, the balls of light. The, the ball white, of dark. The white ball. The white ball. The dark. The blue. There's been a blue ball thing there. Rebecca. I'm, <laughs> it's a family show. Mm-hmm. Um. So for me, I I give it I'm giving it a a three a three okay. yeah I it's just not believable too much to me like again I will allow it's not impossible I am at my heart a believer um, but I am far less a believer when it comes to uh, UFOs okay okay all right we need to move on so we are going to animal mutilations yeah. All right, so we're going to move on to animal mutilations. Um, So in an interview with Bigelow, um, he claimed that his researchers saw slash found cattle mutilations um, pretty frequently. Uh, One had like the eye removed um, that faces the sky, uh, which is a very common animal cattle mutilation um, that's seen around the world. Um, Sometimes they were drained of blood and they described them as having like a very surgical manner the way they would cut the animals. Okay, so because we have to make this fast, I'm going to try to go as fast as possible because we, we're already pushing over two hours here. So I'm going to say that, uh, yes, there was mutilations. Not arguing that. There's been mutilations all over the world. It is a weird phenomenon that happens. And yes, some of them look like they're surgically cut, but we cannot prove that this is anything paranormal. So it could be within the realms of science. It could, the no blood. I I had a rabbit die outside my house. It was cut in half and there was absolutely no blood. Wow. So, but do I believe that was like a ghost that did it? No. (laughs) So... I I think in general people think it's aliens that are doing the animal mutilations, Maybe like taking parts for whatever experimentation or yeah. something. Maybe I don't know, but I again I don't think that that's paranormal. Then okay, I think it's paranormal. I don't know what it is, but I will say it's weird that it does happen on ranches or you know like more in like farming situations and not in the wild. Like if it was some natural way that predators would kill and other you know kill animals, you would think that that we would know that like like we would find them in the wild and we don't. We only find them in certain situations. It's not strong for me. I'm going to give this one a six. Because I think it's weird. I think it's paranormal. 
but I'm not like it's not crazy paranormal for right. me. I'm gonna have to go zero on this one okay. because I think there's other reasons why it could be happening, and I don't know what it is. But okay. Gotcha. All right. We're going to move on to number four, uh, hearing voices. So now we're getting into some ghostly stuff. Um, there have been several instances of people saying they hear voices on the ranch um, and with skinwalkers in general, I've, I've heard. Um, but here's one with Tom and Melissa Winterton. They are the current caretakers of the ranch or current caretakers of the ranch. Winterton was asked to go to the command center, which is where all the computers are, and make backup of the videos taken that night with an external hard drive. As Winterton began the backup, he and his wife heard a banging sound coming from one of the back bedrooms. It sounded like it, it, someone had an electrical cord and they were smacking it against the wall. So I jump up and re- run back there. Nobody was in there. I've spent a ton of time in the command center. I know the usual sounds that it makes and what the water heater sounds like when it turns on. This was different, Winterton says. So we are freaking out at this point. I sit down at the back of the computer, sit down back at the computer and the download is taking forever. Then all of a sudden, like someone was standing between us, I hear leave now. I look at Melissa. She looks at me and then it happened again. You need to leave now. That's my ghost voice. Hmm. Uh, Tom and Melissa Winterton both jumped up and did as they were told. Are these the current caretakers? Yeah, that's the like if you watch the show. Yeah. Yeah, That's so they're that... the ones that, that heard noises at their house as well. Right, yes. That was maybe proved not to be, I don't know. I don't know. So, I, you know, it's the boy that cries wolf kind of thing. They're saying that they hear voices everywhere, it seems. Um, and they hear knocking and they hear, you know, footsteps and they hear all this stuff. So at some point, why? Why are they hearing this and nobody else hears this? Well, again, Uh, it's not that nobody else does, but... Yeah, but they spend the least amount of time in the command center. Mm, True. Uh, Dragon spends a lot of time in there. The other weird guy with the magnet spends a lot of time there. Um, You know, so I would say that um, I don't know if they know what they're doing in that room. And I think that... There's got to be some explanation. I'm not there to hear it. I can't play a video or audio tape or anything like that to be able to hear that, to figure out what the sound can be. So I can't really debate that. Well, it's tricky. I did watch a video where someone claimed a skinwalker was talking to them. But it's a video where you have to question, like, did someone just insert that audio? So even a video doesn't necessarily, I think, help with that. No, but it gives me something to be able to, yeah. like, maybe it sounds like a car engine or something when sure. it says leave now. I don't know. I gotcha. I gotcha. I don't, that makes you sense. You know, I have no idea where to go with that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how clear it was. Was it leave now mm-hmm. or was it leave <laughs> You know, it's like, <laughs> so those are two different things to me True. to be able to ar- argue with different ways. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So. Yeah. Um, and I will I will also just mention that um, Mr. Sherman claimed at the terry sherman claimed at the end that he was starting to hear voices and that's why they sold it okay um so what's your rating i'm gonna have to go one on this one one. because i can't Mm -hmm. i don't have anything to go on to be Mm -hmm. able to argue anything more gotcha i am gonna give this one a five Okay. Again, I think it's possible, but I also feel like there's a lot of energy and different things going on there that could be making people think they hear things that they don't, though there were two of them and they both claim to hear it, though they are married, so they could just be backing each other to up. To become one. Yes. I don't know if they're married. 
I think they are. Yeah, they have the same last name. They so we're going to say. I think it's by. No, I don't think it's. I think mm-hmm. they are. All right, here we go. Last one. I wasn't going to include five. But I had to when I found this. Poltergeist activity, which is also a big claim at the ranch. Dragon. Dragon Arnold spoke to a vice reporter and shared a paranormal experience he had. He said, nothing at first, meaning he didn't experience anything. I thought it was all a bunch of, okay, crap. We'll say that. Uh, Then one night, I'm in one of the bedrooms in the ranch house. I'm lying down trying to get sleep. And then all of a sudden, bam, something slams into my bed. It's like when your kids jump into bed with you or someone with a big, someone big need the bed. (laughs) I don't know exactly what that means, but we'll go with it. I sit up and turn on the lights and nothing's there. So we've had listeners with similar stories. Yes. But for for this one, that is in the house where they found the extra room and they proved that there were vibrations. Um, because of that extra room. That is the ranch house. That's the ranch house? Okay. Yeah, so that that is that particular area. It is, yeah. So either one, they are saying that that didn't prove anything, Mm -hmm. the vibrations, or this happened before that maybe, and now he's just talking about it. Um, Yeah, that would be freaky though, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. you're in bed and bam, you know, something hits the bed, it shakes the bed. But those can all be vibrations, too. Mm-hmm. That could be a small earthquake, too. That could be a bunch of things that can happen. They have a lot of cattle on the land. If cattle runs by, that can cause those vibrations, too. Yeah. Uh, so what's your rating, you think? I'm going to have to go zero on this one. Zero on this one. I'm actually giving it a four. Okay. Be- I, I mean, people talk about poltergeist activity, but it's mostly at that house. And yeah. like I said, we did find some explanations. And... I will say when it's like you, okay, so you say like you woke up and you felt like something hit the bed. Honestly, that can be in a dream. Yeah. Like you can have There's like, haven't you ever had I've that had. experience? Oh, yeah. So to me, it's it's different than when people say something sat on their bed and they felt that. Like that's different than just something hitting your bed. So I, I yeah, I don't think it's not super credible to me. All right. So what would be your overall rating then? Okay. So I am trying to do the math on this one. I'm going to go, I am going to go a five, which is really low for me, but I had a lot of low scores. So yeah. How about for you? I'm going to go one, one for everything. Um, Because as I said, I don't believe the UFO activity is anything to do with paranormal. I don't believe the cattle mutilation would be paranormal. It is weird. It is strange. It is creepy. It is bad. I mean, there's a lot of other names I could give it, but Mm. I cannot say it's paranormal. I don't know if it's ghost related, though. Yeah. I mean, so again, I think that's the question. A lot of people would call, you know, uh, UFOs, aliens, cryptids, paranormal. But if you don't call it that, then it's not. I think that they are ish. But also, I. Like, I think we have a different definition here on ghostly Mm -hmm. because of what we, the subject matter that we've talked about. Right. And because of that, I'm relating it to ghost pretty much because can, can there be a Loch Ness? Is that feasibly possible? It is highly, highly, highly (laughs) unlikely. Yeah. Is there a small smidgen that if they found it, I would be like, okay, 
That yeah. makes sense? Maybe. I don't know. But but still, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, the cryptids, right. the idea of that, some of them are so, like, out, out, outlandish that I can't believe them. Sure. But uh, other ones, I'm like, yeah. If they did discover a Bigfoot, I mean, I would be a little bit surprised, but it wouldn't be, like, life-shattering to me to, you know, like, I don't think that there's Bigfoots. But if, I mean, they find new animals all the time. Yeah. Right? So, I don't know. <laughs> I got, no, I get what you're saying. Gonna, I do. Like, if they were like, we now have proof of ghost. Here's the proof. That would be life shattering to me at this moment. Sure. You know, that would change my, my way of thinking. If they found a Bigfoot, would that change my way of thinking? No. If they, now they're starting to come out with UFOs stuff and the credibility is going a lot higher. Does that change my life at all? No, mm-hmm. not at all. It's totally fine. It's totally within that. So that's what I'm basing the paranormal idea for ghostly on. No, I think it's a fair way of looking at it just as far as uh, what we look at. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So that brings us to the closing arguments. This is our last chance to convince you to vote our way. We are each given one minute of in- uninterrupted time. Uh, we will time each other on our cell phones because Rebecca likes to fib. Hey. You ready, Rebecca? Yes. All right. And begin. Okay. So Skinwalker Ranch is a weird place with a lot of weird stuff that's happening. Uh, I believe when they show their meters that are showing weird energy, and I believe that uh, they people have seen weird things weird stuff with cattle and anim- other animals and that um, there's odd noises and, and people see things. Um, but uh, I don't know. I do, I, I, my thought for that ranch is that there was nuclear testing somewhere nearby or, or somebody did something weird. Um, and that's maybe why we don't see too many things before like the seventies, right? Um, I or maybe there's a natural deposit of some things. Maybe there's some materials and just the way they all put together. But I'm not. It's weird, but I don't know if it's paranormal or ghostly. All right, you had like two seconds left. I did. I just want to say like that's why I, I do a five because is it weird? Yes. I don't know that it's paranormal i got you okay all right you ready i am ready yes okay and go so yes do i believe it's a place of high strangeness as <laughs> as jack said um there is a lot of weirdness so that to me is high strangeness yes. uh, right but do i consider it paranormal i i don't necessarily consider it paranormal i think that there's a lot of things we can't explain we don't have the right tools. We don't, we don't have the right science yet to explain it. But I can rest assured that there is an explanation for most of these things that have occurred. Uh, we just don't know it yet. Also, too, um, you have to remember in one of the Sky, uh, Sky, Skinwalker uh, episodes, The Secret of Skinwalker, they did talk about radiation being in there. Radiation can cause hallucinations hallucinations can be the shadow people that they kind of see or some of these paranormal activities. So I do not give it any credit at all. Okay, just made that. Yeah, and I believe the scientist that has been on the show too, your answer is what he would say. We just don't have the science yet. Yeah, exactly. You know, and 
I mean, that's okay not to have the science. It doesn't mean it's necessarily paranormal. Yeah. Especially through Ghostly's definition of paranormal. When we do stuff, I think it has to do with some kind of ghostly presence, some kind of life that has lived on. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I don't, I haven't really seen any uh, stories about that. Yeah. That's just my, my opinion about it. And you guys can say what you will about it. Yes. I do believe, like Bob always says, that we're all part of the same bowling team, uh, like the UFO, UFOlogist mm-hmm. and the cryptologist and all those people. They're, we're all in the same bowling league, but we wear different shirts. Exactly, yeah. You know, and I'm going by ghostly definition because we're on ghostly right now. Absolutely. And, well, and please, please, please let us know what you think. Send us a contact form, vote, uh, put a comment on your vote. Where Go do they on- vote? Uh, on ghostlypodcast.com. And then? Go to polls. Yeah. And yeah. It's right it's there. It's right there. Or uh, join us on Facebook or Instagram and uh, comment, comment, yeah, comment, would, DM us. I would us. love to have this discussion yeah. to go forward with. Um, by the way, I was on an episode of Bob After Dark where we talk about UFOs. And you might want to listen to that because I came out as a strong believer in some of the stuff that was said. It's Topsy Derby World. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I want to thank you so much for listening. Please share us with your friends and family as word of mouth is our best advertisement. Remember to hit that subscribe button. Now it's going to be more important than ever because we, as we've previously discussed, we will be taking December off. We're going to spend some time with our families. We're going to uh, regroup and figure out uh, what episodes we want to do with Ghostly, what direction we want to take. Uh, It's going to be the same direction. But (laughs) But with more. Yeah. But we also want to do some uh, strategic planning. You know, we've been doing this for three years now. It's time. It's time. It's time we start to actually figure out what this is and where we can go. So small break, but we are coming back so strong. Be ready for so much more. Uh, Very exciting. But definitely come see us at C2B2 if you're in the area on the 12th. And uh, if you're in the area, come see Nightshade, uh, Ghostly Presents Nightshade on December 16th. Evening with Nightshade. An evening with Nightshade. It's going to be fun. There's a Facebook event for that. You can find that in our group or you can find that on the page itself. Ghostly will return with a brand new episode. We just don't know what it is on Wednesday, January 5th. We'll see you then. Stay ghostly. Bye.